is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 30th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 34. Welcome to another edition of the break, we are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got my crew, Nick, Dave, Amber, here with me. And we're joined, as we are, every Wednesday and Thursday by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Bucky, welcome to the show. Let's jump right in. Today we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns offense. A little different than what we've been talking about the past two weeks from the standpoint of the offenses that the Cowboys have faced. But we'll start in the same place we always start. Talk to me about their greatest strength and the greatest weakness of that Cleveland Browns offense. You know, they've really found an identity the last couple of weeks. Their greatest strength is this double, this two-headed monster that they have in running back. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They're the only two running backs in the league with over 200 rushing yards. The Cleveland Browns are running the ball 52% of the time. They're averaging 170 rushing yards per game. And so what they've discovered is that when they play hit-you-in-the-mouth football, they're a lot more successful. By running the ball and committing to the run, they've been able to put Baker Mayfield on a pitch count. The last two games, Baker Mayfield has had a passer rating over 100 because he's throwing fewer than 25 times in each of those contests. And because they're able to run the ball and because they forced the defense to put an extra defender in the box, you're now getting more one-on-one coverage for Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. And even though they don't throw it as much as they have, you still have to be worried about OBJ because despite the narrative that comes out of Cleveland about them needing to get rid of him, he's still as dangerous as he's always been, and he could be a problem, particularly for a Cowboys secondary that has been struggling in coverage. Bucky, I'm trying to, to get a good grasp of what the, sec- the Cowboys secondary might be facing this week. When you, when you compare the, the Browns uh, receiver group to the ones that the Cowboys have already faced, where would you rank them? I would say that the Browns are more talented than the groups that they face. Now, they may not be as effective because in Seattle, Russell Wilson was, you know, he's been letting them cook. But I think if we were to do a draft and you could pick your druthers over OBJ and some of the other guys, I think he would be at the top of the list up there with Julio Jones. I think some of the bloom is off the rose just because of all the stuff that has taken place but make no mistake he's as dangerous as ever and then Jarvis Landry is a guy that is just a chain mover and with Austin Hooper coming in they can give you problems and for the Cowboys I think the big thing will be how does Mike Nolan decide to play this game their team that has shown some split safety looks some quarters and the advantage of quarters is you can get nine man boxes in traditional sets The problem is your corners now are left on islands. And so how confident is Mike Nolan that his young guys can hold up on the corner? Because it starts there when he's building the game plan. Does he believe that his corners can hold up? Because if he does, then he could put extra defenders. But if not, they could get gashed with the running game. Bucky, are the Browns playing better or their last two weeks or their schedule just – I mean, the opponents just suck. I mean, like, are they – are they any good? I mean, because they got blown out their first game, and then their next two games they're playing better. I mean, are they playing better, or just the schedule helped them out? 
I mean, it's a combination of both. Like right now, everyone's trying to figure out who they are because of the lack of the preseason. But I think they're better because they found an identity. Kevin Stefanski comes from that system, that Shanahan system, learning under Gary Kubiak a season ago that they want to run the football and everything is predicated off the run. The passing game matches the running game. And so it can be problematic for your defenders if they're not disciplined. And so this offense won't be like offense but there are a lot of similarities in terms of the zone based running scheme how they want to attack the edges but they know who they are now and it runs through Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and so the priority has to be how do you stop those two running backs and then oh by the way you have to figure out how to stop number 13 on the perimeter Bucky which I mean yeah the the Browns running the ball is is the big storyline for them right now and I I think that ties into their offensive line I mean the, the big narrative last year was that you know, Baker had this sophomore slump because he was never comfortable. So they go get Jack Conklin to play right tackle. They draft Jedrick Wills to play on the left. And it seems like it's working. I mean, they're third in the league in rushing offense, and they've only allowed four sacks. But Baker Mayfield still isn't really lighting the world on fire. I, I mean, I know that they have this great rushing attack, but what's the deal there? Like, I mean, is, is Baker Mayfield still not comfortable, you know, with his protection, or is the offensive line still struggling to – to buy him time? Well, I think Baker Mayfield is what he is. I think Baker Mayfield is probably a mid-tier quarterback, even though he's drafted number one. And I think they've discovered that they can't put too much on his plate. When they put too much on his plate, they try and get into a drop-back passing game where they're chasing points and they're not able to use play action. That is when he really struggles. He has a tough time of what I say, seeing out of the pocket because He's, he's shorter, and so he can't throw from the well. And so if you got big bodies around him, he'll keep retreating, and because he's retreating, he ends up losing some of the steam on his passes. They've been able to make him very comfortable by throwing off play action. He was one of the best passers in the league throwing off play action in 2019. They've continued to do that because that's the strength of his game. When he has to do other stuff like traditional drop-back passing, his efficiency, his completion rate, his accuracy, it all declines, and he has a bad tendency to try and flee the pocket going to his right. And so controlling the game with the running game and throwing play action on early downs, that is their recipe for success. Don't know what they look like if they have to chase points. And so that's why it would be interesting to see if the Cowboys can put them behind the eight ball and make them chase points. Can he be a guy that can lead them back if he has to throw it 30 or more times? I'm going to jump in here, and this is for Bucky or really anybody. So is that – is that a bust pick then? If, if if you if you need all this help around you and you have you 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 know you can't put too much on your plate, should you be the number one overall pick? And this is his third year. I mean, he's still developing, but I mean, do you, I mean, I, that doesn't seem like a guy that would carry a franchise to me. I, I don't know. Yeah, let's. We're gonna. I'm gonna get Bucky's answer, and we're gonna take a whole segment on that. Oh, that's that's an interesting. That's an interesting question, Bucky. Let's get your answer on that one. So I, I think the thing with Baker. But he may have been overdrafted. Like, he may have been overdrafted based on his talent, based upon what, what you expect from a number one overall pick. But now, yeah, but now that you have, now that you've taken him, you got to make it right. right. And so the way that you make it right is you surround him with everything that you possibly have. Because when you look at what he has, there's not much that the Cleveland Browns lack on offense. They got two good wide receivers that both have been number ones at their previous places. They got two running backs that are number ones. They got an offensive line that they rebuilt. They just added another tight end at Austin Hooper. If if Baker Mayfield can't get it done with this staff, then he'll never be able to get it done. So yes, he's. 
I would say he shouldn't have been the number one pick based on what his talent was. But now that he's the number one, their job is to put everything around him to help him thrive. And so maybe Baker Mayfield can resurrect his career and maybe becomes Jared Goff. And Jared Goff isn't everything, but when he's surrounded by the right thing and he has the right play caller, he can play at a high level and get his team to the Super Bowl. I think you could probably say the same for Baker Mayfield. Everything has to be right. But if it's right and he plays within himself, they certainly can win a lot of games. We're joined right now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. And Bucky, uh, you look at this Cleveland offense, obviously as the whole conversation has, has unfolded here, uh, it's pretty clear that, that their offense is predicated on the run far more than it is on Baker's arm, specifically when they've won this season. Talk to me about what other teams have done to stop the run because my first thought is, well, you crowd the box and you force Baker to beat you. Have teams done that and just not been successful? Or what have done teams done uh, defensively to try to slow down that run? Well, I mean, you, you can load the box. The problem is, are you good enough outside to deal with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry? And as they get more and more comfortable in this offense, you're beginning to see Kevin Stefanski uh, draw up these isolation routes where, look, they're able to max protect and they're able to let Odell Beckham freelance and do all the stuff that he wants to do. And he is a very, very difficult guard. And so when they get him the ball and they get him to rock early and often, Odell Beckham Jr. is a handful. And so you're kind of forced to pick your poison. Do you want to stop the running game because you know that's what they do? And are you willing to live with some of the big plays that could happen in the passing game? That's the dilemma that they're able to create with the personnel that they have on the field. Okay, my next question isn't necessarily specific to this upcoming game, but more of the Cowboys defense in general. We keep hearing them speak about communication and and just maybe simplifying or trying to simplify the defense a little bit. How long does it actually or usually take a defense with a new coach be able to, to find that, that – um, connection and, and be able to be in sync and be able to be fully communicating and, and everyone to have just kind of be on the same page well it depends because you got a lot of moving parts on that defense you got young players that have never played in the nfl who didn't have the benefit of a tr uh, preseason so they're trying to figure out the speed of the game you have a new coordinator who is still trying to figure out all the pieces that he has at his disposal and he is one that likes to have a very hefty playbook meaning he wants to be multiple he wants to be the to change a bunch of different coverages and so that requires typically a lot of experience and communication and the problem that we're seeing with the Cowboys the ball is flying over their head too much I mean too many big plays too many blown coverages too many miscommunications and assignment errors and at that point when you're the coach you have to figure out what do we do well can I live in this one coverage or one or two coverages or calls and just see if we can just play solid keep the ball in front and not mess it up I think the challenge is on Mike Nolan, even though he wants to do all of these things that maybe they were even doing in New Orleans, because it's so complicated, how long can you go with this and how often can you see these guys bust coverage and give up big plays when you know that the team is struggling not only on defense, but also in the kicking game? We, we've talked about this before, though. When If you simplify that for the players, how, much, how easy is that for an offensive coordinator? Because if you're simplifying it for them, I'm sure the offensive coordinator can figure out what's happening too. All right, so you're cutting out, but I'm, I'm assuming that you said uh, when you simplify the defense, are you also asking about complementing the offense? Well, no, I'm saying if you, if you simplify it for the defensive players, are you also simplifying it for the opposing offensive coordinator to figure out what you're doing? 
Um, look, so here's the thing. There are two ways to approach it. You can try to make your defense one where you fool the other, uh, the quarterback and the coordinator. But if you're fooling your own players, it's all for naught. Like there's something to sometimes lining up, playing a basic so that everyone knows exactly what they're doing. And I think when you look at this team, and this is something where Mike McCarthy has to step in, he has to look at the team and say, we're one and two, we're struggling, we're leaking a lot of oil on defense, and we're not really good in the kicking game. What can we do to put ourselves in a situation where we're scoring enough points to win games? And some of that may be, Coach Nolan, here's what we're going to do. We're going to line up in quarters coverage. We're going to play it all day. They're going to keep the ball in front, and we'll be good inside the red zone in the 20s, and we'll make them kick field goals because offensively, we're putting over 30 points up on people. So we can score enough points. We just don't need to die a quick death by giving up these big plays, and that's what's happening. And when you have a guy like Trevon Diggs, when you look at the film, four, five, six mental errors and busts, it is obvious that it is too complicated for him. Sometimes the coach has to step in and say, hey, I got to help the young fella. Let's make it as easy as possible so I can let him play to his talent. So along that same line, Bucky, I mean, I think we laid it out pretty well. Going into this game, you know that they're going to try to run the ball, but I almost feel like maybe you just make peace with that in an effort to protect yourself in the passing game. I mean, is that is that kind of what you're saying is because – I'd rather I think I'd rather let Nick Chubb run all over me than give up, you know, these these game-changing plays like we saw in Seattle. I mean, do you just kind of live with with dying slow deaths via the running game? I mean, is is that a preferable strategy? I mean, I think you can do that. And there are defensive coordinators around the league that will look at a team and they will say, "You know what we'll do? We will be willing to see if they're willing to run the ball over and over and over again. Is their offensive coordinator patient enough to be able to do it and can they score points?" on the running game. So that certainly can be a thing where the Cowboys line up in a seven-man box and they say that, hey, we're going to take it away. You can selectively uh, bring pressure. But I think here's the big thing that has been a, a kind of revelation to me. I thought that Mike Nolan was going to be a lot more aggressive when it came to wanting to be multiple and having a defense that's very varied. But we're seeing in critical downs, he refuses to dial up pressure. And so in talking to people, they say, look, that's kind of how he is. He's very conservative when it comes to that. He's not going to bring a lot of blitzes because he just thinks that he can kind of stop him with, you know, a base defense. And what we're seeing, if the front four can't get home and you can't cover in the back end, I mean, it just makes it very, very problematic. He has to determine what is the best course of action. And it may be sit and die a slow death and hope that they can be great in the red zone. You can have as many yards as you want to inside the 20, between the 20s, but once we get into the 20s, we spend all of our time really working on our red zone defense, and we can make you kick field goals as opposed to scoring touchdowns. That's a win for the defense. Yeah, the one thing I will say about dying that slow death, the only problem with that is even when the Cowboys tend to keep both their safeties back, they're still getting beat in coverage. So I don't know that you necessarily say when you're going to put that guy, that extra guy down, somehow that's going to make a difference. We saw it last week in that first touchdown. Both safeties were back, and they still busted the coverage. The guy gets behind them, and you get a, an easy, quick touchdown. So I don't know how much that helps, but I do think it's something that, that we're going to have to pay attention to this week. All right, Bucky, man, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, no, I, Go ahead, go ahead. 
Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, you now you're right about the safety. So here's the problem: like they gambled, they had Darian Thompson and Xavier Woods, and they thought those guys would be good enough, and they changed to that split safety defense, which is the old defense that they used to have success with with Jimmy Johnson and those guys. Quarters coverage, but your safeties have to understand exactly what they're doing. And right now, it appears that those guys are lost, with the corners being lost, and even the linebackers being lost. So they just need more time to figure out how to play that coverage if that's going to be their base coverage. You know, real quick before we let you go. Bucky, I did want to ask you about this because you may you may have some perspective on this. Before Clinton Dix got to the Cowboys, what was the what was the scouting report on him last season? What were the things he did well and not so well that you think may have led to the decision that the Cowboys are like, you know, we can do without him and we'll go with these other two guys at safety? Oh, uh, which one? Uh Ha Clinton Dix? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so the big thing with Ha Clinton Dix, he wasn't a great tackler. And when you would talk to people around the league, they would just say, he's an okay player. Now, because he was a first-round player and because he's been to a Pro Bowl, sometimes the reputation exceeds what the player really is. And so they thought he would be solid. They thought he would be a nice, when I talk to people around the league, they thought he'd be a nice stopgap player, someone that could kind of be the communicator of the traffic cop. I don't know what happened in training camp where they felt like they were better better off without him, but there was a thought that he would be just a solid communicator. He would be able to kind of talk to the young guys and provide some leadership ability, even though he has some flaws and deficiencies in his game. All makes sense. All right, man, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk a lot about this Cleveland defense. And I know I saw you had a little interesting conversation on Twitter about the Cowboys and their offense and how they approach games. I want to talk to you a little bit about that tomorrow. We'll get into that, all right? All right, man. Thanks so much. Let me, let's do it. All right. We'll talk to you guys. We're going to take our final, our, our first break. I'm sorry. We'll take our first break. When we come back, we got some questions for these guys. Talk a little bit more about this Cowboys defense versus the Cleveland Brown offense. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Ah, uh, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. 
So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. Back to the break. Get your tickets to see the Cowboys take on the Cleveland Browns when they return to AT&T Stadium Sunday, October the 4th. A limited number of tickets are on sale. Get yours at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, joined by Nick, Dave, Amber. And uh, we just finished with Bucky Brooks. We're talking about Cowboys off. I'm sorry, Cowboys defense versus the Cleveland Brown offense. Uh, and I have some questions for you guys <clears throat> around that topic uh, just to get your opinions on kind of how you think that matchup works for the Cowboys. First question. Uh, Dallas has faced, this, uh, has faced the third, the fourth, and the eighth offenses in their first three games. Those are all top 10 offenses as far as the numbers that they've put up offensively, right? Um, Cleveland is ranked 31st in offense. Mm-hmm. Is there more reason to believe it's because these offenses are that good or the Cowboys' defense is that bad? Because obviously, for them to get to 3, 4, and 8, it also has to do with who they faced and the Cowboys' defense, as we know, is pretty porous. So which do you put it more on? Do you think the Cow- Cowboys' offense is – I mean, that, that these other offenses are really that great or do you think it's more the Cowboys' defense? Let's start with you, Nick. Well, I think that's a good point that, you know, the Cowboys defense is a, is a third of the reason why they're up there so high. But like we said yesterday, you know, these are established teams, established quarterbacks that have been to you know, the playoffs and even been to the Super Bowl in the last few years. Uh, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, and, of course, Russell Wilson. Uh, I guess it's been a few years for Russell, but he's playing outstanding. So, um you know, and, and it's different. These next, you know, three games. I mean, if, you know, you got Baker Mayfield, you got Daniel Jones, you got Kyler Murray, you got inexperienced guys that they're, they're drafted high, but inexperienced. So I think it's probably more about the um, the just the offenses that they've faced, and you know, not so much that. I mean, the defense is struggling. There's no doubt about it. But I'm just saying, I, yeah, it'll get easier with the offenses that they face. Amber. I guess um, if you look at it that way, uh, looking at the opposing offenses that they face so far, you can make that argument. Uh, at the same time, I don't think it's to either extent. I don't think the Cowboys' defense is that bad. But at the same time, they I don't think they have been playing to their potential. And there are things in their game that we've seen where it's just simple things that need to be cleaned up. They need to overall, as a unit, play better football, clean up their game, quit making the mistakes that we've seen. And yes, it, it, it might be a cause of facing better teams, but at the same time, there are, there are just basic things that I think that the Cowboys need to improve. So hopefully, hopefully we start seeing them play better, but uh, I do think that their defense is just not that great, but also not that bad. Okay. Dave? Where's, where's the gif of my girl from the taco commercial? Why not both? Why can't, <laughs> why can't they play good offenses and also be bad? Um, yeah, you play, Matt, you, know, you play Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, MVPs, Super Bowl guys. It, it is going to be tough, and, and they deserve a little bit of leeway for that. At the same time, uh, two straight weeks where receivers are just standing, you know, by themselves. That's I just I I can't let that go at the NFL level. That's not supposed to happen. It's hard enough to stop points from being scored when you do things right. Let alone when Hayden Hurst and Tyler Lockett are just like, what? Where where is everybody? Oh, there there we go. So 
that that's just not good and and that's the type of stuff that even bad offenses can exploit so they they get credit for going against some really good offenses but some of those breakdowns are are troubling no matter who you play yeah that was going to lead to the question of are we evaluating this defense too harshly but i think you guys have basically said no we're not like this defense and i agree with you i think this defense has just not played well and it's it's for i think precisely the reason that dave hit on which is it's not just that they've given up the points it's how they've given up the points in a lot of instances where you just have guys completely open and and that's just busted coverage and you're just like come on you can do better but that's the part that that we get into and this is the next question do you think that if that's really the biggest issue that we have with this defense do you think that's correctable because busted coverage can be corrected it's one thing if you're getting beaten in man-to-man coverage and you just can't cover the guy it's a whole different thing if it's busted coverage where it's just nobody knew what they were supposed to be doing or certain people didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. Do you think this is correctable, Nick? Yeah, I do I do think it's correctable, but the it all stems back to the pass rush for me. I mean, I, I just don't think that that's – I mean, and we, we've talked about this before with other with the other uh, previous coaching staff about the arrogance of the staff of, like, this is how I do things and this is this is my system when it's not working – can you fix it? And you know, we heard Bucky say that about what Mike Nolan doesn't usually blitz and call up blitzes. You need to, because these guys. It doesn't matter what D. Law, Griffin, Poe, uh, Alden Smith. I mean, he's Alden Smith got three sacks, but I'm just saying it's not consistent that across the board that this pass rush is getting home. So it doesn't matter what their name recognition is; they're not getting there. And I think that's where it stems back to all the other stuff in the back end. I think it's the pass rush. All right. Uh, Amber and Dave, I think you guys already answered the question, so I'm going to move to another question for you guys. Dave, you have some? Well, real, 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 real. I'm so yeah, sorry. And you're you're right. We need to move on. But I did think, and I actually wrote a story about it yesterday. You can go read it. Jerry Jones had some interesting comments about uh, yesterday, just about that. You know, if there's something that gives him optimism, it's that this coaching staff should be adaptable. And I thought he made the interesting point, which is like. You're not going to get fired. You know, that that was always a thing with Jason Garrett for the last however many years is that, you know, the, the wrong result can cost you your job. But but nobody on this staff should be worried about that right now. And hopefully <laughs> right that now. gives them the you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah for right sure. Now. But yeah. I mean, hope hopefully that should give you the freedom to mess around a little bit. And, and you know, like this isn't this isn't the personnel that Mike Nolan probably views as ideal for how to do his stuff like that's going to take time so tinker around a little bit adapt it if it's not working throw it out the window until next season uh so and and we saw i mean it's a different side of the ball but they were willing to do that with their offensive line like they chunked they chunked their preferred method out the window when they saw that it wasn't working so uh that at least gives me a little bit of optimism that maybe they'll be a little more creative than than what we're used to seeing Okay, here's we got this next question. I want you guys to follow me a little bit on this because I'm going to have to lay it out for you, and then I want to get your opinions. Right now, Cleveland is tied for third in rushing, and they're first in explosive plays. They have seven plays uh, where they've had a run for 20-plus yards. So, again, their running game is really good. Dallas, on the other hand, is 23rd in rush defense. Uh, however, if you look at the numbers a little closer, you'll notice that a lot of that is about volume. Uh, they have the fourth most rush attempts against them, which makes a lot of sense. They were in a lot of games where the other team had a lead. They start running the ball a little bit more. So with all those rush attempts, they, they've, they've, other teams have built up more rushing yards. However, yards per carry is only 10th in the league. They're only giving up 3.8 yards per carry. So looking at the two and trying to balance the two, which do you think plays out here? 
the the Cleveland rush offense, uh, or who has more, I guess, more of a uh, more of an opportunity to do well this weekend, Cleveland rush offense or the Dallas rush defense? Let's start first with you, Amber. I, I want to say Dallas, but I just I don't trust them right now. I don't trust the rush defense, regardless of these numbers. And in comparison to what Cleveland is currently doing with their rushers, I, I just don't don't see it balancing too well there. I think that Cleveland is going to be able to run the ball, and the Cowboys are going to give up some big plays. And when you talk about explosive plays, yeah. It could only take one. I mean, I think you you mentioned about them only giving up one big rushing play, explosive play. So those are things that it could only just take one play like that to give them the game, the the game, the game. Sorry, give them the game and, and let them win. So. And, and this one, I'm not completely loving the matchup here. I think that that the Cowboys defense should be able to hold them up a little bit. But at the end of the day, I don't think it, it'll be enough. Everyone else is going to have to help. And, and the defensive line, it's going to have to put their part and try to help the linebackers. Dave. If the Browns are arrogant enough to just charge right at them, then I, I like the Cowboys' chances, honestly, because, uh, De- you know, people are tired of hearing it. Demarcus Lawrence is, is really good against the run. Jalen Smith is probably at his best when he can just crash toward the line of scrimmage and hit somebody. The problem is, is Cleveland going to be that arrogant, or are we going to see counters and misdirection? Because that's the stuff that gave them tr- trouble against the Rams was misdirection. Mm-hmm. Like they, they weren't terrible when um, when Malcolm Brown was just charging right at him. The Rams won the game, obviously, but but it wasn't awful. Same thing with Todd Gurley. Um, so if that's what the Browns want to do, I think the Cowboys will hold up. But I have a feeling that's not what they'll do. And, and hopefully they're a lot more prepared for it this week than they have been in past weeks. Nick. Well, this is kind of a, a tricky one because when you look at the Browns, you know, the, they beat the Redskins and the and the Bengals. Okay, those two teams that were, you know, first and second pick overall. Um, the they football got, team, huh? Did I say Redskins. They beat the football team. Yeah, the Washington football team. Whatever. Sorry. Okay. This is gonna this is gonna take Old some. We gotta get, yeah, we gotta get used to it. We gotta I, used I apologize. To it. Uh, the Ravens. Uh, they got beat thirty eight to six. But in that game, they you know Kareem Hunt seventy two yards, Nick Chubb sixty yards, and and they're getting beat the whole game. So they're still running the football. But you know, to Dave's point, I think I think it's 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 good. I, I would rather if I'm the Cowboys defense, I would rather them run the ball, run the ball, and not get beat with big plays. But you know, do you trust Baker Mayfield to really to really hurt you? I mean, or do you want to get after him and say you know like Seattle did and say we'll stop the run? I don't know if this guy can beat us. So. It, it's got to be a combination of both. I mean, but they they better blitz Baker Mayfield more because I, he's he's not that mobile where he where you can't get away. You know, he's not Russell Wilson, of course, and I don't trust his arm the same. So I I, I think you got to get after him as well. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, I do want to talk a little bit more about what you just mentioned, Nick, with with Baker Mayfield and the strategy for the Cowboys. Do you load up and try to stop the run and make Baker beat you, or do you stay back and play your conventional defense that you've been playing and and just take whatever comes to you on the run defense or trust trust the fact that your front six or seven can stop the run? We'll talk Mm -hmm. about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. 
Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. Derek, are you coming to the game this weekend? Yes, I'm coming to the game this All right. weekend. Are you going to wear a mask? Yes, I'm wearing a mask. Keeping your distance from everybody else? Yes, especially Dave and Amber. <laughs> right. Uh, are you going to have tra- uh, cashless transactions? Uh, be prepared I, for that. Cause I, they I will, but I'm not paying for anything. Well, but yes, yeah, I'll, have, I'll, know. I'll be ready. All right. But be, be aware of cashless transactions you have to wear a mask Mm -hmm. of course keep your distance Mm -hmm. those are the safe stadium policies that you need to know prior to arriving at AT at&t state visit dallascowboys.com slash safe stadium i'll just read it next time it just didn't work yeah it didn't work yeah no but you know actually i'm excited about getting back out to the stadium the last time we had a home game it was nice to be in the stadium and actually have football being played in front of you i'm sure amber and dave would agree with that it was it was kind of cool to be in that environment so I just want them to bring back the bacon, egg, and cheese croissant. That's really all I'm <laughs> Another noon game. It is a noon game, so there is a real possibility we will get that again. And you know mm-hmm. how much I love food, so I am all in with you on that. You know, Dave, we had not had a chance yet to, to talk about college football. You want to take a segment to kind of catch us up on what's happening there? Hey, uh, everybody knew that, you know, when you have a season that good, you're going to come down a little bit. But that's all right because those memories last a lifetime. They even do, Dave. if. Saturday was Saturday sucked, man. I mean, we can get into it if you want to. I don't know. No. I actually I don't, don't want to get into it's it. Like, Go ahead. It's like when you wait. It's like when you wait all year for Christmas morning, and then you're. It's not even socks. It's like. <laughs> it's like if you're. You wait all year for Christmas morning, and your parents like gave you like uh, school supplies. Like it just it sucked. Yeah. But that's okay. I don't Go think Tigers. any of us any of us were happy with our college 
team performance on Saturday, but you know, it is what it is. And I was happy to have college football back. We did win, but I was not happy at all. So it is it's just part of it. All right, let's jump back in. Cowboys Why do we do this to ourselves? I know, but it's the fun of it, right? It's the love-hate relationship you have with, with football. All right, so Cowboys defense yeah. versus Cleveland offense. Um, and before the break, I kind of teed up the question I have for you guys at this point. Strategically, do you think it's better for the Cowboys to load up to stop the run, knowing that this team runs the ball really, really well. Uh, I know you got the options out there at wide receiver, but as you were saying, Nick, before the break, I don't know that any of us thinks that the trigger man is a guy that that really is going to kill you. Mm -hmm. So that all being said, do you think the Cowboys should load up, stop the run, or do you think they just play back and trust the fact that they, they're six or seven in the box are going to be able to get it done stopping the run? Let's start first with you, Nick. I, I think you you got to – you got to see if Baker Mayfield can beat you. You know, obviously, you know, he's a Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick. He's got some, you know, he's got that it factor, moxie. He's got all that stuff, but, you know, he Mox. does he doesn't have that the arm strength the same and you know he still he still doesn't have all those intangibles um you know to, to beat you you know consistently i don't that i haven't seen yet so well i think you gotta you gotta stop what you know that they can do is run the ball get close to that line of scrimmage and, and just make him uncomfortable amber uh i agree i agree with everything that nick said i think that the cowboys should put their focus and energy in trying to stop the run and then trying to pressure him when he's trying to throw a pass just make him uncomfortable and then hope that your secondary i i i am hoping that the secondary is able to make a comeback this game and, and start hopefully creating some takeaways there there's been times where, where we've seen the secondary be like super close in certain plays and it just doesn't happen so i hope that because of the quarterback that they'll be facing this weekend, that they are able to to kind of redeem themselves a little bit as far as the secondary goes and able to, to just create some takeaways. Dave. I don't think I could disagree with you all more. And maybe it's, maybe it's recency bias because of what we watched on Sunday. But, you know, Six Flags over Texas is right next door to the stadium. And I want I want – I want to play too high this entire game, and I want my safeties at Six Flags. Like, that's what I want. Uh, I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to say, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you chew up all the yardage you want between the 20s, but we're not letting anybody go to the house from 40, 50, 60 yards away. That ain't happening because it's very – it's possible, but it's very unlikely – that running backs are going to turn this game on its head. I mean, even at you know, the NFL level, it's very rare to see runs of more than 15, 20, 25 yards. It happens. And they're leading rare. the lead in it, though. Uh, oh, they are leading the league in that. They, no, they are. They are. But, hey, that drop the safeties back. If they run for 30 yards, that sucks, but it's better than a 70-yard touchdown. And guess what? Odell Beckham can absolutely turn a game on his head by himself. The the Bengals were playing the Browns fairly close a couple weeks ago until it all changed on a 45-yard Odell Beckham touchdown, and that's what I'm worried about. So chew up all that yardage you want. We're going to let you get to the red zone, and, and our, our hope is that we're going to force you to kick field goals. But I, I, I think you know the passing game is how you turn a game on a dime, and, and I can't afford to let that happen this week. So... That's that's how I feel. I'm playing those safeties all the way back, all day long. 
I'm going to flip back to Nick's question he had for Bucky Brooks. And I want to start with Dave with this question because I remember Dave and I had this conversation back when Baker was being drafted. And you were a believer in Baker back then. And so my question is for you, I guess from Nick's standpoint, is it a busted pick? Are you still a believer in what you saw of him coming into the league and what he's turned out to be to this point in his career? Uh, I mean, I, I do like Baker. Uh, I, I mean, I was... I was as surprised as anybody when he went number one. I, I don't know that that was the right decision, but I still think he's a good quarterback. And I thought Bucky made the case very well himself as, um, you know, I mean, is Jared Goff a busted pick? I mean, you can obviously get to a Super Bowl with him. You need, you need the right combination of coach and scheme, and there's got to be talent around him. But, like, I'm honestly, I'm so sick of that narrative. Like, there just aren't very many quarterbacks that can get it done without a lot of help. It, right now, it's it's probably Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And as much as we all think of Patrick Mahomes, we've never seen him have to do it all himself. He's got the best receiver core and the best tight end in the league. He's had good running backs his whole career. He's got the best right tackle in the league, or one of them. So, you know, I, I absolutely think Baker can still be successful. He's He's got to have the right talent around him. Um but I don't think so, anybody's questioning I, I, right now Baker's talent around him. I mean, as Bucky said, his his talent. No, is, you're Bucky right. says his talent's better than the teams the Cowboys have faced so far. I mean, he's got talent. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, he's got a first round pick at left tackle. He's got a big money free agent at right tackle. He's got two great receivers. He's got two great backs. I, I mean, if if this season is disappointing, I don't want to hear a whole lot of excuses, but. Right now, I think I think the jury's still out. I want to. I mean, I want to see how the Browns fare this season and how Baker plays. Obviously, I don't watch every snap of his career the way that I do with Dak Prescott. Um, so it, it's definitely early to say it's a busted pick. But I do think that the Browns can build a contender with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. Amber, do you have a, a an opinion on Baker Mayfield as the quarterback? I think that anytime you're drafted first round, you you have big expectations for someone like that. And the way that he's been playing and the way that the Browns have been kind of trying to rebuild their team, I think it does take a certain amount of time for that to, for you to start seeing the 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 returns on that whole investment of everything. So I, I don't think he's a complete bust. He, he, he I, I would like to give him a little bit more time to see how he turns out the rest of the season but as of right now i i don't think it's fair for me to kind of completely rush based on all the changes that the browns have been making in order to make their team more successful nick well i mean i didn't like the pick at the time mainly because you know you had the first and fourth overall pick i just thought i would have i would have done that differently i i still think you could get you know, there's the irony here is that I always said I think you could get some something at the top of the second round, very comparable, you know, uh, to uh, Baker Mayfield. As it turns out, I would have taken Saquon Barkley, but I think the guy, the running back that they got at the top of the second round, Nick Chubb, is probably he's not the same as, as Barkley, but he's he's really good. He, he's really good. Yeah. So it's at that next really tier, great. and so you know, it to me, I, I would have taken Quentin Nelson. You know, with the, the guard, I would have taken him at f- like fourth, and and then probably Barkley and him. But you know, he, Baker came in there and, and you know turned it around. I mean, his best that was a terrible, terrible franchise, and you know he's turned it around. And he's got some help around him. I just I just think when everything Bucky was describing of what he needs to help win just doesn't sound like 
the number one overall pick. But, I mean, Joe Burrow's trying to do the same thing. He's taking a very struggling franchise. You know, he, he was a much better college player. Um, I think Dave would agree. And, uh, you know, I mean, he doesn't have as many holes in, in his game. So, But he's still – it's going to – he's doing this by himself too. So it, it's well, going to be tough. I will say this. Like, Baker has way more talent than anything Burrow's working with yes. at this point. And you look at this team. Hey, I, I want those out there that haven't watched the Cleveland Browns just know going into this game – they got a ton of talent. Like they haven't been able to over the last whatever number of years to be able to make it matter as much for them on the field with their wins and losses. But just the raw talent they got on that team, it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, we, it is absolutely impressive. I mean, when you when you're terrible like yeah. four or five years in a row, like you're gonna get a lot of good picks. Yeah. You know, the Carolina did that too. They they all of a sudden like, oh, they're good now because they they've been bad for so. It's long. the Washington defensive line. Like they got a great. Set a ta- yeah. amount of talent there on that defensive line, but it's because they've had picks for so long down at the top of the draft, and so it just happens like mm-hmm. that. Dave, do you have something you want to say? I didn't know. I'm not really. I okay. just. I guess that's kind of my point. Is even even if you are worthy of being the number one pick, it's very hard to do it yourself. Like there aren't there are not a lot of number one overall drafted quarterbacks that went on to have amazing careers uh you know Peyton Manning obviously is one and and Cam Newton off the top of my head but like when you go into a situation like that unless the team is good at putting talent around you like it breaks a lot of guys so I'm not ready to I'm not ready to hate on Baker too much but I mean it's it's year three he's got talent it's time to deliver It, it honestly it reminds me a lot of what we said about Dak a couple years ago and Dak has risen to the occasion in my opinion and uh, it's it's time for Baker to start doing the same. Absolutely. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We are back tomorrow. We're going to get into this Cleveland defense versus the Cowboys offense. Lots to talk about there. We'll be right back tomorrow. Till then, for Nick Geatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!